0: Hello, this is Dan Smith. Welcome to the Christian Leadership Podcast, where we delve into the hearts and minds of Christian leaders. Today's guest is Roger Boothman, director of Community Christian Ministries, an evangelical ministry that works with local churches to reach university students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this interview, I talk with Roger about his life, his faith, and his work on the Washington State University campus. Good afternoon, Roger. Good afternoon, Dan. Welcome to the Christian Leadership Podcast. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, so let's start out by giving me your testimony,
1: telling me how you became a believer. Well, I mean, the short answer is I
0: don't want the short answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I was raised in a religious home. We were Anglican, growing up in British Columbia, Canada, and um, so I grew up going to uh, services, but never actually hearing the gospel. As I read the Book of Common Prayer years later I realized I'd heard the gospel every week but it had no effect on my life nor could I see any particular effect in my family's life. Mm -hmm. So growing up on a hay and cattle ranch in British Columbia near a small town um, we quit attending services regularly when I was a young teenager and I never missed them. Mm -hmm. I do remember uh, seeing the Catholic kids, and I knew they can all smoke and drink. Why does my church say no? <laughs> but uh, I, had, I had not any re- heard the gospel. And my parents sold the ranch, and for a time we lived in town, and, and I was pretty wild, extremely wild, and I didn't receive any guidance about uh, not living that way. And I think my parents moved to Spokane, Washington, my junior year, uh, to get me out of my downward spiral. Okay. uh, But I went from a very small high school, no junior high, just all together, uh, to a school of 2,000 people in North Spokane. Wow. And it was almost, it was very disconcerting for me. But I made a few friends and, and struggled through my first year. And by the end of my, my junior year, I made some wonderful friends. that I, in looking back, I can see they were God's provision for me. And uh, some of them were Christians. But they were all high achiever types, which I had not particularly run across in my other life. I mean, Air Force Academy, West Point going to be engineers, and going to be high level businessmen. These people had dreams and aspirations. Plus, they were all Christian-y, and I started going to a youth group Uh, in my junior year, and there were just lots of cute girls there, and the music was fun, and we had a great time. And then, uh, the start of my senior year, uh, uh, Whitworth University student invited several of us young guys to his house every Friday morning at 6:30. he had day-old donuts mm-hmm. and had a bible study and it didn't make any sense to me but I was so happy to be a part of this nice group
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh that I we never missed it was it was wonderful and he gave his testimony and I was shocked this nice guy had been a total pothead down in California and taking drugs and And I thought, no way, you don't know anything about this kind of life. I thought that was our province, you know, that we we lived in that. And then uh, late fall of my senior year in high school, we went to a retreat somewhere near Spokane. I don't remember where it was or who was the speaker, but I do remember after he had spoken and given an invitation, walking through the woods knowing that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, and that he was Lord, and I needed to commit to him if I had any hope of going to heaven. So somebody preached the gospel really well. Right. I also remember thinking, I'm going to graduate soon, I'll be 18, and the drinking age in Alberta is 18, and that's where I want to go. And if I follow Jesus, I won't be able to do that. So I said no to the Lord. Mm said, well, if I live, I'll become a Christian someday. Because I knew then that I wasn't a Christian and that that I was going to hell if I died. So I was interested, of course, in spiritual things. And and I went to Alberta for a few months and worked in a beef packing plant. And then I thought, maybe I should go back to college. This is terrible. (laughs) You know, nobody in my family went to college. And uh, so I went to back to Spokane and lived with my parents, and went to Spokane Falls Community College. And one of my best friends from high school had, was living in Pullman, so I would drive down occasionally on weekends and go to wild parties in his dorm. Right, right. And
0: uh, WSU party WSU school. WSU party
1: school. And I thought, this is the life. <laughs> there's there's girls and and beer. So uh, then. Um, I went to another couple quarters at the community college, and then my friend's fraternity. He joined a fraternity, asked me to pledge, and I I'd, I'd met a bunch of the guys, and, and I said yes, of course. And it was a so I moved to WSU and, in spring quarter, spring semester, and really didn't sober up till school was out, and I had to go to work, mm-hmm. and um, didn't do very well in school. But well enough that being on academic probation, I could come back in the fall, okay. which I did. And um, it was wild. And uh, the fraternity was a lot of fun. And here I was, just 20 years old and already getting really tired of this. I knew the gospel. Uh, one of the Christians from my high school group and I were meeting and talking about important things. And I thought, if I become a Christian, life is over, life as I know it. But I mean, really, I'm tired of this. And um, I couldn't. My fraternity brothers had asked me to quit swearing, which is because I was foul. So even the fraternity guys. The fraternity guys, I was cussing too much, and I and I actually I was trying to quit, and I couldn't do it, and that actually worried me. And then. we routinely looked at dirty magazines, and it was just an atmosphere of not nice, mm-hmm. not good. And uh, so one night, I, I was rooming with the president, and I had gone to One Way Books, a Christian bookstore up next to campus, right next to campus, and I said, I need a Bible, and Barb Friedman. Oh, uh, yeah, nice, I remember Barb. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, how much money do you have? I said, I have $15. And she said, I happen to have a nice leather Bible on sale for $15. She never charged me tax or anything. She just took my money and gave me this really nice study Bible. And I was so proud of it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to read this Bible and be a better person. Yeah. And so my uh, I was reading it there trying to understand it, not making any sense. My roommate's giving me a hard time. I told him to, something off. <laughs> anyway, he left, and then I said, I know that I have to just be a Jesus follower. I didn't know what that meant. So I just said, okay, I'm going to be a Christian now. So I called up my Christian friend, and uh, I said, hey, Doug, uh, I've become a Christian he goes, Oh, praise the Lord. I went, Oh, uh, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> so I hung up the phone and then um, went off to our sleeping dorm and just had a restful sleep. Got up the next morning and we're down cooking our own breakfast on the, on the uh, stove. And one of the guys got some grease on him and he, had, he said, Jesus Christ. And I felt like he punched me in the gut. Now I had taken the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> Thousands of times, (laughs) and it never affected me at all, and I I knew what had happened. I said, whoa, this has changed. So I sat down with my breakfast and opened the newspaper to read the funnies, and there were the movie ads, and I looked at those, and I said, those girls don't have enough clothes on. (laughs) Closed them up, and I never swore. This is all overnight, so I got new eyes and a new mouth, and... and, uh, just kind of like a new heart, yeah. which I found out later was in the Bible, yeah. and uh, and then I went up to One Way Books to kind of see what was happening on the Christian scene. I had my new heavy Bible with me, and we sat down around a little table in the front and started talking. And I opened my Bible, and everything made sense. Wow! It was like new eyes, brand new and understanding. And I thought everybody should get converted like that. All right. Of course, All right. I, they don't. They don't. Uh, But uh, it was very hard for my fraternity brothers to um, understand what had happened. I wasn't that great at explaining, except for telling them they were all going to hell. Yeah,
0: were you a bit (laughs) intolerant at the time? Yeah, I
1: I wasn't trying to be intolerant. I went over to the bar for a couple times in Idaho, right? Uh, But, I mean, if you're not drinking, the popcorn's too salty and the music's too loud, and wasn't trying to pick up any girls, and so it was really boring, and I was sure I was a drag on their fun. And so um, God delivered me, and I was able to move out of the fraternity at the end of that year, so I came back to live in an apartment and uh, with some other guys, one Christian, one not, but it was like new life, plugged into the Christian community and really have never stopped since. So you had
0: almost a... uh, road to damascus i mean almost as close as you could get
1: yeah you know i could you know the light would have been awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was such a dramatic uh do you think change. i that
0: that sounds to me like the seed was really first of all planted as a child in mm-hmm. terms of just the words and then when you heard the gospel i mean right that time yeah,
1: that, it just took you longer than most to respond yeah i was living dangerously though yeah, yeah. i um I encourage people not not to wait. But, you know, my parents were pretty sure that I joined a cult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, especially when I was reading, I said, man, I need to get baptized. Nobody preached about it, but it was obvious in the New Testament. So I called my parents and told them, and they said, you've already been baptized. And I said, yeah, but I think it's for people who actually believe, and now I believe, so later on, I, I just told them, I said, look, you want to think of it in a good way? Think of that. Your original baptism worked. I actually became a Christian later. <laughs> so that was, and they they uh, they began to appreciate the change. Their their functionally alcoholic young son was wow. serving the Lord and having nice friends. And, yeah. and so they came around.
0: Yeah, yeah. That reminds me, back in the day, we had a young kid that was raised in a mainline, and he got saved the ministry I was involved with and over one of the weekends he went home and he said uh, he forgave his parents for not raising him as a Christian <laughs> that did not go over well <laughs> I believe that <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um, tell me a little bit about then uh, you began to be discipled how did that happen who did it happen through what Affected you the most?
1: Well, um, I went to Bible studies at uh, One Way Books. Okay. That was kind of a clearinghouse for Christians in those days, and um, and then I joined a Bible study called All Greek Bible Study. Yeah. Pastor Tom Weaver was there. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to interview him. Soon. Oh, good. That'll be yeah, That'll be fun. And uh, other Christian guys, and we there were about two hundred kids coming every week. And since I speak a lot, I was soon in the leadership group and we were teaching small group Bible studies. Um, I didn't actually have a real discipler. It would have been a huge help, I think. But who knows? I may have just kicked against in, the braces. In what
0: way? Uh, I mean, tell me about that. Oh. About not having one and what, what you think would have been different.
1: Well, maybe a little more organized. I probably would have got off on a better Bible memorizing schedule. I mean, I was memorizing scripture, and I was going to every Bible study I could find my first semester as a Christian. I didn't do very well on my schooling that year, but for a different reason, I was reading my Bible. And then the next fall, I actually kicked off, and my grades went way higher. Right. Yeah, I thought, oh, God wants me to study. So... So then
0: what was the next big move in your life in terms of faith and or ministry?
1: Well, um, I moved on from all Greek Bible study. It had kind of changed complexion a little bit. <clears throat> and I fell in with a group called Friday Night Fellowship. And we, we'd meet every week in a local church where one of our people met and sing for a couple hours and have Bible teaching and, then, and meet for food and fellowship up on the campus. And it was through that I got connected with some people who were going to go with Operation Mobilization. So right after I graduated, I, on the day of graduation, we went to church and then uh, several of us rode in a pickup to um, Operation Mobilization back in Nashville or Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, and then flew over and I spent a summer in France doing evangelism with people from all over the, all over Europe and the United States. That was actually a huge change. And then I came back to Pullman and attended the School of Practical Christianity where Doug Busby and Jim Wilson and Doug Wilson and Denny Riggs' dad and other people connected with Community Christian Ministries were running a Bible school for no credit. Mm -hmm. So every morning from 8 to 11.30 we were in Bible class and then I'd go work and and, uh, up at the Cub I was in a... A waiter at a restaurant in the cub. Okay, that's where I met my wife, and we had great Bible discussions. She was working there as well, and uh, met my future wife. Your future wife, yeah. Yeah, an actually, she um, she was uh, engaged to somebody else, but it was part of our big, big group. And unbeknownst to me, she did get unengaged, not because of me, thankfully. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: But I was kind of done with girls anyway. I had a, that was a terrible part of my life, and then. Uh, and she was a- actually after she got unengaged from her good friend, she wasn't, didn't want to have anything to do with guys. So we were both kind of not looking for relationships but became very good friends. I, and it, so it worked out great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're, you've been married how many years? 36. How many kids? You have 12 children. 12 children. 10 so girls and two sons. Think it'll work out? Yeah, I think so. We're, gonna, we're not planning. <laughs> yeah, I think the
0: marriage will take.
1: Yeah, I think it will.
0: So, um, and those are all your kids, no adopted? Or, no adopted, yeah, no, all vials. Yeah, so that, to me, is like a ministry of its own. Aside from any professional ministry, tell me about basically leading a congregation of kids and discipling
1: them to adulthood, you know? Well, as my children get older, I hope that they say thank God for their mother. <laughs> well, I mean, she's, she was she was raised in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I went around to meet her family, when I was getting ready to ask her to marry me, by the time I'd met her family, they were the Dornecks from Wapato, I was ready to marry her just to be a part of this family. <laughs> okay. They were amazing. Well, I'd never seen anything like it. I was in their house. There were no even questionable books. They just loved the Lord. My mother-in-law and I would have wonderful spiritual discussions. And then I went to work for her dad after we graduated. He was a family physician and uh, just a spiritual guy. And So he did
0: some discipling.
1: He did. I mean, he, was, he loved to quote the Proverbs because every time he made a mistake, he found a proverb that if he said, I wish I would have known this, uh, I never would have made this mistake. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so he was big on that. But he was a wonderful, kind man, and uh, so, so your wife has American helped set
0: the, the the spiritual tone in your home. Oh, yeah, it was and what is this? What was I mean? You're, are you, are all your kids out now? Or are they all
1: grown? Or no, I have two two in high two school, two still in high school, and but, one's a freshman in college.
0: Okay, but you're kind of at the tail end of yeah. of raising kids. What uh, wh- what was home life like? vis-a-vis your faith? And
1: well, one of the things we did do is we read Bible stories all the time and I'd sing the kids with hymns and we'd pray and um, but I'd say the Bible stories and the consistent reading of them and then as they got older, uh, spiritual discussions were just normal at the table about lessons of the day. We didn't really try to do that. It's just mm-hmm. actually that's what happened, and so my children were always thinking. And of course, you know, when you uh, sin, and they see it, kids yeah. are pretty easy to say something. Yeah. So you kept, yeah. You know, it's, it's not like really it's not
0: like the professional ministry where you can keep your private life. Yeah, you keep your private life private. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Bless you, my child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was it, and um, you know, you launch them into into college. Because and then it's the risk, right? Mm -hmm. And they have all um, kept following the Lord. Yeah. Some of them really blossomed. Mm -hmm. Like my my oldest son Peter, he's a physician in Birmingham, Alabama now. But he went with a bunch of other Christian guys, and they were he lived in the dorm one year, and then and got together with a bunch of uh, real Christian guys, actually. I think three of the four roommates actually got converted living together. Or what we'd say, they stepped into their own faith. No mm-hmm. more riding on mom and dad's coattails to be Christians. They all decided to be Christians on their own. And that's what we, would always, that's what we always wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. right. Right. So yeah. They made the jump.
0: Yeah, and you see that, a lot of that at the university. Christian kids come and they go one of two ways they either fall away from God or they really take hold of what they've been writing on their parents' faith, right? Yeah,
1: it's it's really true. When we saw that, especially, we we were, I think I was 28, we had three small children, and I came back to Pullman to work at One Way Books. And it started off, it had moved downtown after it lost its space up where parking services is now. And then we moved it up to right across the street from the Coop in uh, in that basement unit. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. And that was a great place. And and we'd get a lot of kids drifting in who were deciding just like that. Am I going to, is this going to be real for me? Or am I going to go and live wildly? And I'd say, you have to decide. Because here, nobody cares. Yeah. You've got to make a decision. And once you decide to follow Jesus, he'll bring you along. Uh-huh. So we had, yeah, that was... Those were good years.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you took a break from one way and went into business for a while. Yeah. Tell me about that and and, and about that as it interacts with your faith.
1: Well, uh, Community Christian Ministries is a faith ministry, so you're always, you know, asking God to meet your needs and supply your needs, and it's actually no different when when you're out. Uh, My uh, community board said, you've got to go do something. I had this large family. I think I had... uh, only seven kids then, okay. but they said, you need to go make some more money. So, and they were right. Mm-hmm. And so we moved back to the Yakima Valley, and I did um, consulting work for my father-in-law again in my old role as a clinic manager. And uh, that worked out very well. got the practice in shape, and we sold it to a hospital system, and then they hired me to run it with the new doctors and, and my father-in-law. Mm -hmm. his twilight years as a physician Mm -hmm. and that was very good and they were Christian doctors Mm -hmm. so we just took care of people okay so that
0: uh, that does interest me marketplace faith Um, you know in other words for a while you were professional in the sense that one books, and that. but then you go back and now you have all these responsibilities as a manager uh, how did you integrate your faith into that role um
1: Number one is you have to love the people you're leading. Whether they like it or not, I mean your love is consistent. Your attitude is consistent. They play office games, and you just try and stay the same and love them through it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was the main thing. And Thank it's you. not
0: self-selecting like a Bible study where people volunteer to come in.
1: Now these people had to come to work.
0: Yeah, they come. They're there for the money.
1: Yeah. And and. Uh, them. And so you try and build a you try and build a warm atmosphere. I had having Christian physicians that I was working for gave me more freedom, but I was always conscious that if people don't believe the same way, I still my responsibility to them is still the same.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: And uh, so you let them know that your office is available, and they often come you know with work-related complaints. So and sos you know not doing their job, and you need to fix it. And so you do those things, but they also come when my husband's leaving me. And uh, and then you say, well, I can tell you the solution for you. I can't tell you the solution for him. Mm-hmm. And so you can share your faith, but only on invitation, really. Mm-hmm. But you can openly side yeah. with Jesus in the same way how you stay out of trouble when you're traveling and you go to a motel. You just identify as a Christian right up front, so you don't want them to see you're seeing anything that you shouldn't watch. Right, a, right, right. This is a safeguard
0: right and so then uh all of a sudden from my perspective you showed up back in town here again and you were back into ccm again so So what had happened
1: is i worked at the clinic for a number of years and then i got a job at the community college at Yakima valley and ran their bookstore okay and that was a that was a great job what what we needed at the time so god had moved us up uh, having state insurance with lots of kids dental insurance It was really wonderful. So I did that uh, for the next 13 years. Uh, So I was gone for 21 years and uh, eight in the medical field and 13 there. And that was great. And I talked to most everybody I could about the Lord. Um, When you're working day after day together, the opportunities just naturally come up to speak about what the Lord's doing in your life. And there are a lot of people who are spiritual, if not Christian, but open to be spoken to. And so those people, you work with them and share the gospel. So I had this, we had never sold our house in Pullman from the first time. So we had always planned to retire back here. But uh, Jim Wilson approached me. We have a summer market business in Moscow and asked me if I would become the director at CCM. Matt was the current director, and he was, he had committed for a period of time, and he was ready to be done. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, you know, do I want to leave my mm-hmm. cushy, cushy, state job? It was actually true. And, um, but the Lord gave Christine and I, uh, I think a piece about moving. As a matter of fact, I was chomping at the bit to go and be involved in college ministry again. Mm-hmm. Uh. The key to all these things is having a wife who says, If you think that's right and what the Lord wants us to do, I'll do it. Wow. Because yeah. that was, you know, it was, it's always a bigger sacrifice for her. Yeah. This I get fulfillment in my work, right? Yeah. Even if I don't get much money, she bears the burden of the I, I really money.
0: believe next to the decision of following the Lord, the decision of who we marry has, is the single biggest impact on our faith.
1: Even bigger than a house. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah But I'm like I said, she had such a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. She was a much more mature Christian than I was. I was growing fast, though. I mean, it was. You know, she had confidence that I would do the right thing. But, man, she was uh, just had years of...
0: So tell me about your ministry here.
1: Well, um, most of my ministry occurs on campus. And some here, of course when you're a Christian especially a professional Christian you're ministering all the time yeah but uh, the vehicle that we're using now that we don't have a bookstore and people actually don't come into bookstores very very often um, is I set up a table with books out on the mall and inside the cub when I'm sponsored by a student group and I put a tablecloth out lay a bunch of books out and I put up signs that say free books then I sit there and I Pray a very specific prayer that we learned years ago. Father, please send us the right people, and keep the wrong people away. Mm, yeah. It, I, I mean both sides of that prayer, and so I have confidence that everybody that stops by, no matter how briefly, in some way, is being sent by the Lord. And uh, and then I ask them, um, they look at my books, right, and they're they're like. What do I do now? These are all religious books. Said, <laughs> How do I escape? I said, I see you notice that my books are all Christian. Now, like, yeah. I said, well, these books are here solely to get me into conversation with people—spiritual people, friendly atheists, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, uh, and Christians. I said, the Christians I can help right away, and other people we can talk about important things that really matter. And where do you fit on that spectrum? And then they tell me where they fit, and so we are immediately launched into deep spiritual discussions. And I found that most of my atheists, uh, and and I make I say, you know, I left out one category of person. They go, what? I said, unfriendly atheists. I don't know why they care, and they're no fun. They all laugh, right? And so. So I asked him, okay, you're an atheist, right? Tell me why. And it's almost always some event that happened that drove them from God or a mean religious father.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then we can start. And one girl, she says, well, I'm an atheist. And then she told me their sad story. I said, well, I just want you to know, given that story, your dad's a kook. And... I might have said I was an atheist just to protect my emotions. And I said, God sent you here today. You didn't know it, but I prayed for you. Because I prayed that the right people would show up, and you're obviously here. She was touched, and I said, this may be your first step back to God. She was very touched, and uh, I was very touched, because it was obvious that God sent her, and we had such a great talk. And then I had a... (laughs) <laughs> I had a girl come by. She says, well, I'm a pagan. I said, oh, okay. Like Wiccan? She says, you know about that? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> I, and then we had a great talk. I said, listen. <laughs> yeah, probably I shouldn't say listen. It's a little. But I said, why are you worshiping a created being? Because I don't deny the reality of the old gods. Right. I said, who's in rebellion against his creator, who is our creator? Why are you spending your time worshiping this lesser God when you can have a relationship with the real God of the universe through Jesus Christ? She like, they never thought of that before. I wouldn't let her show me her tattoo. (laughs) To Odin. (laughs) I said, God will overlook that but he really does want you and his family and you're wasting your time worshiping the lesser gods. They'll give you what you want for a while, but in the end they'll hurt you because they hate you. Wow. And she was, she came back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: She says, I normally dress goth. I said, well, God knew that I would have prejudged you if you'd appeared with black (laughs) lipstick and white makeup. But she came by in costume later on and it was good. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's good. So, uh, Coming up to the end on this, what, is, what do you think the church needs the most
1: today? The church? The church needs to get serious about believing that Jesus Christ is their righteousness and quit trying to achieve a righteousness of their own by being good. Jesus is good. And when we surrender to him, his life flows through us. Like when I'm walking in the light, in the Holy Spirit, getting out of the way, I'm good to be around. When I'm not, I'm just another worldly guy who's trying to be good. Mm -hmm. So I think that a revelation and an acceptance of Jesus is enough for all that we need to please God. He pleased God. When we're in him, we please God. The pressure's off. Yeah. That's good. Oh, great, great ending
0: on there. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you again later. Thanks, Dan.
1: Thank you for listening to the Christian Leadership Podcast with your host, Dan Smith. You can find us at ChristianLeadershipPodcast.com or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. We'll be back next week with more Christian Leadership Insights. Have a great week and see you next time.